So as, as you were standing, I, I would like to read the passage of scripture that we're focusing on today. This is God's word to us. It's from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning in verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word to us. And thank you for your presence. Your presence is an open door into so, into life, into fullness. And we do want you, as the song said, we want you. More than anything else, we want more of you. So would you speak to us? I pray, Lord, I offer my words to you, and I pray that you would use them in all of our hearts. You would speak to us through your word, and you would transform us. You would change us. So we love you. We commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So happy new year uh, to everyone here. Really glad that you are here. Before we jump into the message, I have a couple of, of things just to mention. One, I want to remind those of you who are members or partners of Christ Community that you're going to be receiving by mail a ballot later this week. There are two items on that ballot that we're asking you to vote on. Both involve a change to our bylaws. We introduced these two uh, proposals last July to allow plenty of time for you to prayerfully process these things. And, and so we're also hosting a final open forum, not this Sunday, but next on January 12th, an open forum in the fireside room. Um, our elders will be there. I'll be there to answer and dialogue, answer any questions you might have. Um, and so we're asking you to return your ballot, um, completed ballot by January 21st. One other thing, just I want to mention, sometimes I don't do this very often, but there is a need in our church, um, and we're a family, and so sometimes I feel like, oh, there may be someone that could help out with this. So we have a couple in our church who have recently moved back to Greeley. They're just trying to get their lives together. He's a disabled veteran. She's got a, a part-time job, um, and they're struggling to find a place to live, um, and so they're sort of homeless, um, and, and so just... I want to mention this as a need. If you know of a place, they can afford about 125 bucks a week. They're applied for public housing, and, and they're in this waiting period. And so if you know of a place, like for 125 bucks a week, that they could stay, if you could kind of let me know or just call the church or whatever, we would love to just try to figure out a way to help this, this couple out. So, again, Happy New Year. Um, I, love, I love being in church on this particular weekend um, because there is there, the first weekend of the year because there, there's something, there's this desire in our hearts to look ahead and to let God speak to us about what he wants to do in us this coming year. Honestly, I'm super excited about this upcoming year for our church and all the things that God wants to do in us. I'm going to be sharing a few more details about that in a couple weeks 
um, sort of a 20, our 2020 vision. I'm guessing that most every pastor and optometrist in America is leveraging that. You know, you can't not, right? Um, I'm certainly going to, not only in a couple weeks, but also today, <clears throat> for a few months now, this number 20, knowing 2020 is coming, just this number 20 has felt significant to me. And I, I've had this growing sense that there is an invitation from God to each one of us regarding this number. And that's what I want to talk about today. But before we, we get there, I want to lay a foundation from the passage that I read just a moment ago. This passage occurred on the day of Pentecost, which is the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon God's people in a dramatic way as a fulfillment of a promise that God had given in the Old Testament that one day his spirit would live inside every believer in him. So as this is happening, Peter, who is one of Jesus' disciples, he stands up and he gives this message to all of those who are wondering what is going on. He tells them that Jesus the Messiah was crucified and has now risen from the dead and that he offers forgiveness and the presence of his Holy Spirit to any who repent of their sin and turn to Jesus. And then he says something to them that I find very interesting. Looking at verse 40, <clears throat> with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. See, notice, salvation isn't just about having our sins forgiven and going to heaven. No, it is about living our lives in the fullness of God's spirit and not being corrupted by the destructive influences around us. This word corrupt that Peter uses, it's a very interesting word. It was a word used in that day to describe what happens to wood when it would dry out. When wood dries out, it would become warped, right? It would become bent and warped. See, this is, the, he, this is not talking here about this, this sinister thing that immediately kind of comes upon us or happens to us. No, it's talking about how we are shaped over time. We are shaped over time. Whether we realize it or not, there are cultural influences that are actively working to shape us, to steer us away from Jesus, from thinking his thoughts, from living his values, from walking in, in wholeness and life. I mean, the predominant value in, in, in our culture right now is self, the sovereign self, self is king. Self is sovereign. Do what you want to do whenever you feel like it. You determine what you feel like God should look like, should be like. You determine what's right or wrong based upon your own feelings. See, this is our culture. This is the water that we're swimming in. This is the water we're swimming in. And here's what Peter is so adamant about. He's so adamant about. If we don't intentionally walk out our salvation we will be shaped by the values of our culture, values that don't lead to life or fulfillment or peace. Okay, so what do the people do in this passage? What do the people do in order to keep this from happening, being corrupted, being, you know, that, that kind of formation? What, what do they do to keep that from happening? Well, look again at verse 42. They devoted themselves the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, we're going to look at, in more detail, at this whole passage 
um, in a couple weeks because it speaks so powerfully to, to God's vision for our church and the things he's placing on our heart right now in this season. But today, I want us to hone in on two specific activities that the people devoted themselves to, two specific practices that helped them be shaped by the Spirit of God rather than by the Spirit of the world. One of those practices was devotion, a devotion to prayer. They realized they had personal access to God through prayer, so they devoted themselves to prayer. That's one thing. Second practice they devoted themselves to was the Word of God. <clears throat> Remember, they didn't have the New Testament back then, right? They were, they were like in the New Testament, right? So they didn't have the New Testament. So how did they get into God's Word? Through the teaching of the apostles. See, the apostles are these men who had apprenticed under Jesus himself. So they had heard Jesus' teaching. They had spent three years with him. They had heard his teaching. They had been with him. And and here's what is so cool when you think about it. We now have immediate access to the apostles' teaching and to the very words and teaching of Jesus, our Messiah. We have access to the Bible on our phones, on our computers, on our Kindle, or in actual book form, you know, that they still make those things, right? Um, In actual book form. But unlike the believers in the first several centuries, Believers in the first several centuries, unlike them, we actually have immediate and direct access to the very word of God. We have the privilege of having God speak to us from his word so that we know what he's like. We know what he values. Okay, so both of these activities, spending time in God's word and spending time in his presence through prayer, both of them are incredibly formative. See, these two practices are like the two ends of a kayak paddle. Okay, you know, that paddle, it's not just an oar with one end. It's, it has two ends on a kayak paddle. So imagine that your spiritual life is like being in a kayak wanting to follow the current of Jesus, okay? So we're using an analogy here. This is an analogy of our spiritual life. In this kayak, wanting to follow the current of Jesus. But... <clears throat> The reality is there's another current, in addition to the current of Jesus, there's another current, fairly strong current, that is wanting to pull your kayak in another direction. And so God has given us this paddle, he has given us this paddle with two ends, the word and prayer to keep us in the current of Jesus. But here's the deal, if we don't use the paddle, If we don't use the paddle, if we're too busy or or whatever, our kayak will naturally drift along with this larger current. Everyone's going, the current of our culture, everyone's going this direction. Our kayak will naturally go that direction. Okay, now, here's the deal. I haven't said anything up to this point that anyone here is surprised by, right? Or, or just like, wow, most of us know this, right? We know this. We, we know this. We know the importance of spending time in the Word. We know the importance of spending time in prayer. I'm not saying anything new to most of us here. But here's the question. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? <laughs> are we intentionally giving time to these practices? Are we devoted, that's the word used in Acts 2, are we devoted to these two things as being a regular part of our lives? 
See, in, in my conversations with a lot of people in different contexts, a lot, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christ followers, my, my sense is that for many of us, the answer to that question is no. It's not about not knowing it's important, but are we actually doing it? The answer to that question for many people is no. Now, I realize that's not the case for everyone. There are some of you here who have amazing, consistent devotional routines, time with God, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. But there are many of us here, many of us here who know the importance of this, but we're not doing it. We know the importance of time in the word. We know the importance of time in prayer, but we're not doing it. We're not making time for this in our lives. Now, please hear me. This is not about guilt. It is not. This is not about guilt. This is not about some legalistic rule that you need to follow every day in order for God to like you or whatever. That's just religion. That is not the gospel. No, that's not at all about what this is about. It's not about guilt. It's not about legalism. You know what this is about? It's about our spiritual formation. That's what we're talking about here. It's not rules, oh, ought to, you got to do. No, it's about our spiritual formation. See, whether we realize it or not, we are all being shaped by the things we give our attention to. Whether we realize it or not, we are all being formed. We are all being spiritually formed either in a good way or in a not-so-good way. But we are being shaped by, we're being formed by the things that we give our attention to, the things that we spend our time doing and watching and listening to. Those things are shaping our thinking, and they're shaping our values, and they're ultimately shaping how we are living our lives. So imagine the impact over weeks and months if spending time alone with God is not included in that picture, or at least very often consistently in that picture, imagine the impact. We will be shaped by the things that we're giving our time and our attention to. We will more and more be swept along in the current of our culture. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Spending time in the Word and in prayer are two practices that can help us stay rooted in the current of Jesus' life, right? They, they, they help us. They can help us stay rooted in where Jesus is flowing. So what I want to do right now, <clears throat> what I want to do right now in the, in the remaining time here is to extend to all of us here a very specific invitation and challenge related to that number 20, okay? This, series, this, this message is called Take 20. Here's what, here's what I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to, a 20-minute challenge. I want to challenge all of us here to spend at least 20 minutes a day in the Word and in prayer this coming year. Just 20 minutes a day. I'm talking total, Word and prayer, total amount, 20 minutes. If you're already doing this or more, great. But if you're not, if you're not, imagine the impact this decision could have in your spiritual life. So what I want to do right now is get really practical, and I want to talk about how to spend 20 minutes alone with God. How to spend 20 minutes alone with God. Because sometimes we can hear a message like this, and we get all motivated, like, I'm going to start tomorrow, and I'm going to set my alarm and get up early, and we set aside time to be with God, and we, we start, and we start praying for everything we can think of, 
And then we're done praying, and we look at our watch, and like two minutes has gone by. It's like, oh, man, what am I supposed to do? And then we say, okay, I'm going to read the Bible then. And so then we, we see this Bible, and it's big. And like we don't know where to even start. And so we just sort of do that you know, method or whatever, and then it just feels overwhelming, and, and it's maybe we feel bored or frustrated or directionless and certainly unmotivated to try this again. Okay, so what I, I, want, to, I want to suggest a life-giving way to spend 20 minutes with God. This is obviously not the only way. You, you all know that, but I'm just sharing my own kind of experience, some of the things that I do. And this, I want to I just share this because this is something any of us can do. Any of us can do this. Okay, so the first key is to carve out the 20 minutes, all right? And this is not easy. You know, we know it's not easy, but, the, but the, we got to carve out the time. When in the day you do this is completely up to you. So for some of you, early morning works best. For others of you, evening works better, or maybe over the lunch hour. And for some people, they like breaking this into two different times. It's, it's referred to, um, some people call this the daily office, where in the morning and in the evening they have time just as they start their day and they end their day. So it could be 10 minutes in the morning in the Word and then 10 minutes in prayer before bed. However you do it is, is, is up to you. So the key is finding a time that works for you, that works into your schedule. So a friend of mine was telling me about how he was trying to do this all motivated to spend time with God, and he just kept falling asleep because he was doing it first thing in the morning. He'd get out of bed, and then he would go and, you know, open up his Bible, and, and he kept falling asleep. And so I suggested him what I do, and that is I exercise first in the first thing in the morning when my mind is just kind of waking up. I exercise immediately, and then I have my time alone with God when my mind is more focused and endorphins are flowing and, you know, just more alert. So now he gets up, he goes to the fitness center, and then from there, he goes to work a little bit early, and he's found a room at work where no one uses this. It's a room that no one uses at that time of the day, and he has his time alone with God there. See, so he's just, in a creative way, he's understanding his own rhythm and his own schedule and all of those realities, and that's the key, I think, for all of us. We just have to find a time, each one of us, find a time that works for you. And find a quiet place where you can be alone. I do not recommend coffee shops, restaurants, you know, where noise and people are all around. Let this be a place for you and God. I recommend turning your phone off. It does have a power off button. I don't know if you realize that, but uh, you actually can power it off um, so that you don't get text notifications and all of that. Okay, <clears throat> so once you've got, you've got the space, you've got the time, here's how I would suggest you spend your 20 minutes with God. Again, this is kind of my own journey. It's what has worked for me. I strongly encourage you to begin with a few minutes of stillness. We talked about this in a lot more detail in the Still series in, in, in the fall that we did, um, September, October here. But if you want more information, go back to that. We had specific um, practices and things like that, a lot of information in that series. But what I would encourage you to do when you start, start with spiritual breathing. Um, focus on your breathing and on the inhale, whisper a prayer like, Holy uh, Spirit of God, breathe on me. And so you tie your breathing to a prayer. It could be, Abba, Father, I am yours, or whatever. Just some prayer, but you're focusing on your breath. So do that. You can do that for one minute. Once you've done that for a minute, just be present to your body. Pay attention to your body in that moment. Areas of tension, 
position of your hands, pain, it, it, where, you know, where you're feeling tension, all of that stuff. So you're just paying attention to your body. What are you hearing? You know, that kind of thing. So then after a minute of that, you can be present to your heart. As Stetson talked about last week, be present to your emotions. What emotions am I experiencing? Nervousness or stress or joy or anxiety, whatever. Just sit with that for, for a minute with your own heart. <clears throat> and then finally, just be aware of the Lord's presence. Just take a moment and enjoy being with him. So you're, you, 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 if it helps you imagine a scene, <clears throat> we did some of this in the Still series, imagine a scene where you're in a peaceful place and Jesus is right there in front of you. If that helps you focus, it does me, do, feel free to do that. So all of these stillness things I just mentioned, all of those can usually be done in three to four minutes, okay? There's flexibility, but just three to four minutes. And by the way, we put together a handout that you'll all have access to as you leave. So, so if you're thinking, oh, I missed that point or whatever, um, it, it's all written out for you <clears throat> on a handout. That, that might be helpful. Okay, so again, three to four minutes. You're, what you're doing is you're just quieting your heart. You're quieting your body so that you can be more attentive to Jesus. But not only that, it's really good for your emotional and physical well-being. Tons of research is, is showing this. Uh, just, it's really good for stress levels and just emotional well-being to three or four minutes just of just this mindfulness, holy mindfulness is what it is really, biblically rooted mindfulness in the presence of Jesus. Okay, so that's the first bit, three to four minutes of that. Then I would encourage you to transition to Scripture. Spend time, spend time reading the Bible for about eight minutes. Okay, again, I'm trying to fit this in 20, so don't be, yeah, I feel like I'm being too, whatever, uh, <clears throat> too detailed. But I'm just trying to give us a feel for how this could work in 20 minutes. So start, when you transition, you've done the three to four minutes of stillness, now transitioning to the Word. I encourage you to start by just asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then this is, this is really important, I think, and that is to read slowly. Read slowly. Read in such a way that the Holy Spirit can speak to you personally from the Word. Now, I know there are plans to read the Bible in a year. 365 readings and you stay on the plan and read them a year. And, and if you have the time to do that in terms of your Bible reading, that's awesome. But just so you know... Those plans involve reading at least four chapters a day, which is a lot. And what I find often happens, maybe this is just me, I find that I begin to speed read uh, to get through the passage. I got to get this check mark. You know, I got to check this off and I've done it today. And then, or then I'm a day behind. And so then I got to do two, you know what I mean? Just, it, it just, for me, it kind of, I tend to start speed reading to get through passages so that I can check it off rather than slow reading, allowing time for the Spirit to speak to us. So here's what I've done for years. Here's what I've done. I use the one-year Bible because I love how it's laid out. I love the fact that every day's reading is broken down into Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb. I love that. So you, get a, you can get a little bit of, uh, in each, each section, a little bit of all of those. But here's the deal. I'm not trying to get through it in a year. I don't care. I'm not trying to get through it in a year. So I start, whenever I've started that, I start reading. I'm, I'm kind of continually going through this, but I just start reading, and, and I read slowly. And as I'm reading, I see if anything shimmers. 
if anything stands out to me. And by shimmering, I just mean you're reading, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And then suddenly there's a line, there's a phrase. It's like, oh, there's something there for me. And so you stop at that point. You stop at that point and you let it shimmer. You, 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 you'd think about it. You read it a few times. Maybe you turn it into a prayer. I think the Lord's speaking to me here. So you turn it into a prayer. And then I just stop at that point. I stop reading at that point. I have it on my Kindle, so I just pull it out and I pick up where I left off tomorrow um, and so, so that I, I'm not worried about getting through that section. I'm just going until the Spirit speaks. I stop and then I, 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 close, I close it. What I love about using the one-year Bible in this way is that over the course of every 18 to 24 months or even longer, but over the course of that, I will have prayerfully read every word in the entire Bible rather than just going to my go-to passages. This is especially helpful for people who, once they finally get alone with God and their Bible, they don't know what to read. And if you've felt that, just, I, I, where, where do I start? New Testament, Old Testament? You know, when, if you feel like it would help you to have a plan, which I'm like that, I need a plan, I just like having the structure the one-year Bible provides, but then adapting it so that I don't feel any pressure to get through the entire reading for that day. This can easily take eight minutes or more if you have the time, but you can slowly read a significant passage in eight minutes. You can. You can slowly read a passage in eight minutes, letting God speak to you. Okay, so we have the three to four minutes of stillness, being present to ourselves, being present to the Lord, our hearts and to the Lord. And then transitioning to eight minutes of just slow Bible reading. Um, well, that leads into our prayer time, which eight minutes for that as well, trying to fit this into a 20-minute paradigm. <clears throat> now, remember, <clears throat> prayer is not simply talking to God. It is not simply talking to God. Prayer is talking with God. In prayer, we are not just going through our list. We are actually in dialogue with God. So we, we can pray and we also can listen to his voice. Okay, so if you have a similar thing with prayer, yeah, I know I'm supposed to pray, but I, I don't really, I need some help in this area. If you're looking for a simple and yet powerful method of prayer, I encourage you to consider using the Lord's Prayer as a model. <clears throat> I have done this also for years. Um, this is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So we know this prayer contains the things that God wants us to be praying about, okay? So in the Lord's Prayer, there are six areas of focus. And I, I put these together in diagram form. It's in my book, More, about the Holy Spirit. It's also included in the handout that, that we're going to have available for you at the end of, of the service, this, this service. Uh, about the 20-minute challenge. But I'm going to just walk through these really quickly. So we begin, if you, in prayer, begin with presence. Each of these starts with a P, which helps remember it, right? So we begin with presence, our Father in heaven. So here we just take a moment, and we thank him for being our Abba, Father, for his love for us, and also his lordship, his Father in heaven. He's in control. He's in charge. So we just start with his presence. Then we move to praise, Hallowed be your name. So here I just take a few moments and I praise Jesus for who he is, um, for his name. He's holy. He is life. He is savior. He is my righteousness. Just whatever. He's the bread of life. Just this hallowed be your name. Praising him. The third area is purpose. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here we're thinking about people or situations that need God's kingdom, that need God's power and his presence manifest. So in this section, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for a number of marriages of friends that need some prayer. And, and so I'm just I'm praying for those things. That's purpose. Fourth area is provision. Give us this day our daily bread. So this is where we pray for our own personal needs. Where do we personally need God's help and provision? What are some, some personal needs that we have? The fifth area is pardon. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So in this, in this moment, we ask the Lord, are there any sins I need to confess to you? And if, if we, he brings those to mind, we confess them. And then we ask him, is there anyone I need to forgive? And if he brings someone to mind, we choose to do that in his strength. We bring that offense to the cross and we leave it with Jesus. That's pardon. And then the sixth area is protection. Lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is where I specifically will pray for protection over my life, my family, our church, for strength to resist temptation. Um, if you're looking for some prayers in this regard. John Eldridge has some great stuff on his app and website. His daily prayer is really helpful in, in some of this stuff. So protection is the sixth area. Now, you can easily pray through all of these six areas. I mean, it could take a day if you wanted to, but you could easily pray through all six of these areas in eight minutes. Um, or you may want to find, this is what often happens to me, I find myself focusing on a couple of these I don't, it's not a legalistic thing. Every day I got to go through all six. It's, you know, there's, there, this is a relationship. It's not a religious ritual. So someday you may just focus on a couple of these and the next day others. It's, it's all, but what I love about you, what I personally love about using the Lord's Prayer as a guide is that it helps me, it can help us avoid getting into a prayer rut where we spend our whole time praying for just this list of people and, 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 and for our family or whatever. And we miss some of these other areas of praise or pardon, or protection. So the Lord's Prayer is this great tool to use if you're looking for help, um, just for some help in how to pray in, in your prayer life. Okay, so that's how. That's how you can spend 20 minutes with God. Four minutes being still, being present to your body, which the focus on the breathing and just tuning into your body and your heart being then being present to your heart, what emotions am I experiencing? And then just kind of being present to the Lord. God, you're here, just not even praying, you're just kind of aware of his presence. Okay, that would take four minutes. Then eight minutes, slowly reading the word, and then spending the last eight minutes or so in prayer. Imagine the impact this can have in your life over time. That's the key. This is not like you're going to do this one time and it was like heaven opens and it's this amazing thing. That'd be great if that happens, but I'm not promising anything like that. It is the consistency over time of being in Jesus' presence and letting him speak to you from his word over just again day after day, week after week, month after month. The power of that. You will be experiencing Jesus. You'll be letting him speak to your heart as well as opening up to him, sharing things that are on your heart. You'll be more and more thinking his thoughts, embracing his truth, obeying his words, being filled with his spirit, being shaped by him. 
That's what this is about again. Being shaped by him rather than being shaped and influenced by the self-absorbed culture that we live in, the self-absorbed current of the culture we live in. I mean, this is just, just being honest, this is, this is real-time stuff for me. I'm not just, this isn't some, oh, pulling out some whatever. This is, this is real-time. This is where I'm living. This is real-time stuff for me. This past week and a half on vacation, I was on vacation, had some time off. I didn't set aside time to be with Jesus. And I felt the pull of the world's values. That whole time I found myself being drawn into that. I needed time alone with God, but I didn't take it. And it impacted me. And then the last few days, I'm getting back on track, spending time with Jesus. And the difference in my heart is huge. Night and day difference. It's huge. So I invite you to take the 20-minute challenge to intentionally carve out time in your day, each day if possible, to spend 20 minutes in stillness, the word, and prayer. Now, don't beat yourself up. If you miss a day or two, you know, don't do that. This is not about guilt. This isn't about guilt. It's about a God who loves to meet with you. A God who loves to meet with you. He's not mad when we miss our time with him. He just loves hanging out with you. He loves hanging out with you. He's not mad <laughs> if we miss it. He just loves hanging out with you, and he's eager to do that with each one of us, to hang out with us. Now, this week is actually a great week to start this practice because this is the, the week of our church-wide fast, our five-day fast. Fasting is another practice that Christians have utilized for centuries, and it fits well into all that we've been talking about. So fasting involves giving up for a particular season in time, giving up something that we value, something that we enjoy. Usually fasting involves food because food is a really important part of our lives, especially in our culture where we sort of Worship food and look to it for comfort and all of that. So fasting usually involves giving up food. But it doesn't have to be food. We can fast from, we can give up other things like social media for a period of time. Or Netflix. Or any other activity that occupies our time and heart. Probably not work unless you're going to take vacation days. But you know what I'm talking about here. Other activities. Now the purpose of doing this, like what's the purpose of fasting? The purpose of doing this is that it enables us to more earnestly seek God. See, here's what happens. We, we redirect a hunger towards this thing. We redirect that hunger towards God. Right? It's a very powerful thing. So we, we have this hunger for food. Now we're redirecting that hunger towards God. It's just a powerful thing. I don't know how else to say it except that fasting increases our spiritual sensitivity. It's a way to add earnestness to our praying. So if you're needing breakthrough in some area, if you're needing to hear from God, you need to, a jump start in your relationship with Jesus in some way. Fasting is a powerful practice. It is a powerful practice. Now, in saying that, I, I want to add that it is also a difficult practice. It is not easy. It is hard. It's challenging. You're going to feel grumpy. I promise you, you will. And that's normal. But you may also feel an increased hunger for God. Now, the cool thing about fasting is that by doing that, by fasting from something, it frees up time to spend with Jesus. That's one of the really cool things about fasting. So if you're fasting from food, the times you would be eating are now available 
for spending time with God. Unless you're a parent and you're cooking meals for other people. That is challenging. I don't know what to tell you there, but there are other ways to work around that. But the same thing is true with social media or Netflix or video games or whatever. These things occupy time in our day. They occupy hours sometimes in our day. So fasting from them creates this amazing margin and space in our schedules to be with Jesus and to pursue him, to spend time in his word and in prayer. So if you are part of Christ's community, man, I just encourage you, even if you're not, I just encourage you to fast. You can do it for all five days, but it doesn't have to be for all five days. Don't feel like, oh, I could never do it for five days. Do it for one day. If you've never done it before, do it, whatever. Don't worry about the time, like, but I encourage you to try this. If, you're, if you want more information about fasting, we have a, a brochure, a pamphlet you can grab in the lobby. Um, and let me mention one more thing. If you're fasting at all this week, for all or part of the week, would you include in your fast some time to pray for our church for this coming year that, that we would wholeheartedly pursue God's vision for our church this year? My, my heart has been so activated and moved by Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and what our church could look like. Um, would you pray that passage with me this week as we seek Jesus together? And let me just say, if you hear anything from the Lord as you're praying, if you, if you get a picture or a scripture or whatever, man, please feel free to reach out to me, email me or whatever, and let me know what you're hearing. We're, we're in this together. I am so, I'm so excited about what God is going to do in our lives as we seek him and spend time with him. In fact, there's this passage a few chapters later in the book of Acts, um, Acts chapter 4, where Peter and John are arrested and they're brought before the religious leaders. And, they, and the religious leaders begin to ask them these questions. And they just, they respond. Peter and John respond. And then we read this. Look at this, verse 13. When the religious leaders saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they didn't have the religious training as religious leaders did. They realized that. They were astonished. And look at this. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. There is something so powerful, something so, something uniquely transformative that happens in us as we spend time with Jesus. So let's make time for him. Amen. All right, let's pray together. So let's just quiet our hearts right now. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is he stirring in you by way of response? Maybe it's a stirring for this 20-minute challenge. Take 20 and you're thinking about, okay, how can I do this? And how can I order the, whatever it is? Or, or maybe, and or maybe it's this fasting thing. And you want to just begin processing, Lord, do you want me to try this fasting thing? And what are you calling me to do in this to, to, to give up for this period of time? So what I want to do, I want to just, I'm going to shut up here in a moment. And I, I want us to just listen 
and just respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in terms of your response to him. So Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. What are you saying to us? So, Lord, what you're saying, whatever you're saying to our hearts, it's a yes from us. We want to say yes to you. We want to know you. We want to spend time with you. We want to be transformed and shaped by you rather than the values of our world. And so I pray for each one of us, whatever you've been speaking to us about and you're going to continue to speak to us about, Lord, help us to carve out that time. Give us the courage to do whatever you're asking us to do. And I want to, I pray for you to meet us in this place. When we set aside time to be with you, to seek you, you would meet us in this place and you would form us into the people that you want us to be. Mm. May 2020 be a year of spiritual growth and intimacy with you for all of us, I pray. Thank you, Lord. So we wanna enter into a time of worship. If you wanna continue to remain seated and God's still speaking to you about some things or you're writing out some ways to apply what you've heard, that's awesome. But for the rest of you, I just invite you to stand. You can sit at any point, but please stand. If you want to kneel, there's room to the sides to kneel. There's um, prayer teams available at the back of the prayer areas. You can respond with giving an offering. We have giving boxes. Just We're just going to respond to the Lord for the next 20 minutes or so in worship. So I want to encourage you to stand if you'd like. Holy Spirit, just fill this place. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We welcome you here, Spirit of God. Just move in our hearts as we focus on Jesus. Thank you, Lord.